It's time for another tournament in the tea break. It's another late one for us. <laughs> I'm Roz Satar, and I'm joined, of course, by... Chris Otto. Hurrah! Uh, so, we're going to start with the men today, and then we'll round up a little bit of uh, some of the quarterfinal action from the women, but we'll talk about them in more detail tomorrow. Uh, but the big news, I guess, is that Novak, Novak Djokovic can, will go to the ball. Or at least he will go on to centre court. Yeah, good for him. Um, so he will kick off the action on centre court against Kei Nishikori. Uh, and interestingly enough, if any of you watched the BBC, when Sir Andrew Baron Murray, no less, uh, took, to, uh, took to the desk uh, to start his punditry second career, he gave Djokovic his vow or his his benediction he really did yeah i mean did you watch that i feel the same way so i was i was it was kind of like a situation where great minds think alike uh, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm pretty sure that andy feels exactly that same way um but did you watch it though what did you think I of did. his um he's, his delivery he clear oh he was great i mean he's he was smooth he was he wasn't playing around. He was pretty serious, but he still had his sense of humor. I liked everything about it. I, I missed the guy, first of all, for, you know, he hasn't played as, as much as we'd like him to. And I'm psyched because he, as we're about to mention, he kind of seemed to be picking the Rafa Del Potro matches, kind of hand-selecting the one he wanted to call tomorrow. So I'm going to look forward to watching along on yeah. BBC and checking out some of his commentary. It'd be interesting to see him get actually on the mic during a match. Oh, I mean, it was a cool move by the BBC to uh, to uh, announce it. And I think it was an equally cool move for Sue to basically say, oh, have you got a favourite? Because they'd be stupid not to put him on what he wants. Yeah. Um, and But yeah, it was, it was really interesting. And I'll, I'll never feel self-conscious now about saying um as much as I do because he did it all the time. And if it's good enough for Sir Andrew, then it's good <laughs> enough for me. Uh, but back to Djokovic. He was giving uh, Novak his seal of approval and felt that actually he was the man to watch this... Um, this tournament yeah he basically said he wouldn't be surprised if Djokovic won and it almost felt like he thinks Djokovic is going to win but he didn't want to say that yeah, but he can't really say right, that right he can't really say that but um I mean so my my one concern about Kay is that in his last match he was getting his wrist treated and it's always something with him he'll have a really good run he'll be amazing we talked about it on the way down that he brutalized Nick Kyrgios uh and then in, the next, in his next match, he was massaging his wrist. You know, is he going to be fit enough to, to handle Djokovic? Because I've got to be honest, Djokovic is getting better and better as he's, as he's playing. Is he going to be fit enough to handle Djokovic? I think not. Be, I just don't think he'll be able to handle Djokovic, whether he's fit enough or not. I think he'll be fit enough to play his best. I think he's been kind of keeping us on the edge of our seats with his wrist since clay season began shaking it out at keeping us worried we know he didn't have a surgery on it and that's probably a good thing because if he had a surgery he'd be in, he'd be in for a bunch of rehab and he mm -hmm. might never be the same so so far so good yeah it's never it's never cool to see k struggle we know that he has difficulties we know it can hurt him and and it can at the most inopportune moments it can render him not the player we want him to be and we hope that doesn't happen tomorrow I'd like to see a good match uh but your pick is I'll pick Novak. I like his form. I yeah. like I like I like Novak. The matchup. What is it? Twelve in a row for Novak. Yeah. Thirteen and two overall. 
And I like it even more on grass because I think that Novak is an incredible grass court player, a three-time Wimbledon champion. He looks really comfortable on the surface. He's kind of playing at his best in terms of the last three months. He's getting better every week. And Kay is broken through. He's done a great job to make the quarterfinals. I think he's the first Japanese male to mm -hmm. do it since 95. But, yeah, got to lean Novak. Okay, that, I'm, I'm with you on that. Let's uh, skip across uh, to court number one. We're going to have to give Roger Federer um, a sat-nav to be able to find it. Because um, <laughs> I think somebody said that the last time he'd been on there was 2015 or something. I'm not sure. I, I saw that on Twitter I saw well. that, yeah. yeah. He hasn't I, been there often. So, anyway, he has um, Kando, Kevin Anderson, and... Um, I mean, Anderson is, he's one of the world's genuine nicest guys. You want nothing but good things to happen for him because he's hes such a great guy. He's looking after the planet. He's mm. so, oh, you know, there's, there's nothing not to like about this guy except that he's going to get creamed by <laughs> Federer. Um, I, you know, he's never taken a set off him. I, I, I'm going to put my heart with, um, with let's abolish plastic sleeves Anderson mm. and say that he's going to get a, at least a set off him it's... but I think if he's going to do that he's going to have to take the first set I think you know you hit upon something interesting maybe it's because Federer is on court one and it's just the subtle differences it might throw Roger off he's been on center like we said for a long time um, and he's and... got to be annoyed right he's got to be peeved that they caved into um, Twitter polls saying Move Roger out. Uh, Move would, Roger out. Uh, maybe not peeve, but he's got to be much prefer center court and probably yeah. He he might struggle. It might be a weird vibe happening. I mean, Anderson's never got more than five games against Federer, but he's a good player. He's got a big serve. He can get into a tiebreaker and do it. I don't think he'll be able to sustain it, win the match. But it's supposed to be a hotter day tomorrow. Do we think that that's going to make a difference? Could help Kevin a little bit, a little higher balance, mm -hmm. uh, uh, maybe a little more kick off the the, the hard surface. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, it's hard to see Anderson making too much, too many inroads in this match. And okay. Federer is what oh, he's won twenty nine and thirty at the majors since the beginning of twenty seventeen. Yeah. He's been ready to go in these big matches. Okay, let's both go plump for Federer. Let's hop back to center court now uh, with our pins in tow. Uh, hmm. Rafael Nadal will be facing Juan Martín del Potro. Um, your thoughts on that? Part of me thinks del Potro is this the type of big match player that can do some damage, and he's the type of player that can do some damage against Rafa because of the big serve, the quick strikes. Um, he's 0-2 against Rafa on grass, however, which I was surprised to look up. And, and one of those matches was, a, was at Wimbledon in 2011. It went four sets. There were two tiebreakers. He also lost to him at Queens. I feel like Del Potro is going to make this match interesting okay. and dramatic. I also feel like Rafa is going to win. For a while, I was leaning the other way, but then I, my senses took over. Yeah, I mean, I, I would love to see uh, Del Potro spring the surprise, but I just don't think he he can i mean he's short he was short on pre-grass stuff because he pulled out of queens as well uh i can't remember he might have done something at boodles but you know playing an exhibition uh in amongst the strawberries and the champagne is is not really going to set him up and i i don't know i just think that 
I just think that his goose is cooked. It was really complicated for him to get by Simone, and let's not forget he had to do it today, so he doesn't mm-hmm. get a, really a full day off. That might hurt him a little bit. Rafa's in really good form. He's playing his best grass court tennis. I think, as we've mentioned already, I think a couple of days ago, every time he's reached the quarters at Wimbledon, he's at, at least made the final. Yeah. Okay, so we're both in agreement that Nadal will, well, maybe not cruise three, but get three. Get through. Mm. And then <clears throat> the match that everybody did believe should belong in number one, or as some people rather cruelly said, um, in the car park, and even then, not the Wimbledon one, um, <laughs> is Brownich and John Isner. Uh, I mean, I'm going to be honest, I've, I've barely seen Brownich, and I certainly haven't made any attempt to watch Isner mm. at all. And if I'm being totally honest, I can't really see myself making, you know, if, if that... Uh, is going on after Del Potro and Nadal, then I'll probably watch a little bit of it. But yeah, uh, unfortunately, I've got a um, a desk mate that is following the juniors, so I can't. I feel so, and she's such a nice person. I actually always feel guilty about switching <laughs> switching the, the thing over, mm. even though her and her husband are like out all day, and then they come back in and do a bit of stuff and then go. I always feel really bad <laughs> about changing her screen. That is funny. That is funny. <laughs> but it just goes to show that she's such a nice colleague. Like, uh, it's not saying that my previous colleague that was sat there that had asked permission wasn't nice because he he's a great guy. But I had no compulsion whatsoever in commandeering his screen. Um, whereas I do feel really bad about commandeering Colette. So maybe if I feel a burning desire, I'll probably put this one on my laptop and have Nadal and Del Potro. Well, we got to switch it on for the tiebreakers. They played nine sets previously. Seven yeah. have gone to breakers. Isner with the 3-1 edge. Raonic won the last one. Raonic is better at Wimbledon. I'm tipping Raonic. Yeah, I'm going I'm going to go for Raonic as well. Um for a couple of reasons. One, I think the guy needs a break. He got to the final and ended up facing an incredibly informed Andy Murray he and did. you know I'm, I'm sure he'd, he'd love a, a shot and I'm, I'm just always baffled I mean I know it's because his body's in different proportion sizes and that's why when he's like serving he puts so much strain on his legs and his thighs and that's why he's so injury prone but it does baffle me that somebody the you know he's a big unit let's he be really honest is. He really um, is. and it just baffles me how somebody the size of Raonic could be every bit as um, precious lotus flowery as Nishikori. However, um, I do think um, I do think he's going to be motivated to sort of set some things to right. Uh, but yeah, I, I see five sets, uh, seven sixes or seven fives all over this one. Mm, I hope it doesn't go five because I don't want that thirty-four to thirty-two fifth set oh, that God. we could see. Yeah, yeah. So we both in agreement of Brownich. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's uh, let's have a, a few gentle words on the women's quarterfinals. What a day! It was pretty amazing, actually. It really was. There was some better than favorite? expected tennis. Well, the first two matches were both brilliant. I loved them both, and I was really torn because I couldn't tell which one to watch for how long. But I was back and forth between Ostapenko, who was pretty impressive in taking down Dominika Sibulkova, and then. Kazakina Kerber match probably had the 
most impressive artistic, athletic, dramatic moments on center court. There was some amazing pl- tennis played by those two. The 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 level of I mean, I I just stuck with Kerber and Kazakina, and and the level of tennis was amazing. And what I was really in, interested in, you can you can shed some light because you were in on a press conference, was how Kazakina came into press like kind of, okay, so I lost, but you know, we played amazing. You yeah. know, and I love it when players are like that, you know, and they're like kind of, we played good. It, that was a good, that was a good day out on court. She knew she played good. I probed her a little bit and asked her what she did wrong. And, and she also knew that she didn't do everything perfectly. She thinks she went for a little too much, especially on the side with the wind. So she's, she's not like she's, it's not like she's afraid to be critical of herself. But oh God, she was brilliant. She was brilliant in defeat. I think she was more brilliant and more noticeable than Kerber, but Kerber, steady as she was, forehand down the line, keeping the ball in play, was nice with the forehand to backhand rallies as well. She was, she was strong and impressive performance. But oh, that that, that final game, six, seven oh match God. points that Kerber needed, and it, it felt like if if Kasatkina finds a way to get this game, they go to a breaker. This could be an this could be an insta classic. It didn't happen, but. We had a lot of fun with that one for sure. Oh yeah, I mean, I met a, I met a German colleague who was like, oh, you know, but she looks so unhappy on court. So, um, and I was sitting with a, a, a an Aussie colleague of mine, and I'd said to her in, in press, you know, what is it that makes you happy? And you know, her, to give her credit, her face lit up, and she was like, kind of the experience, the memories of how I play makes me makes me realise that I really love to play on grass. And for the first time in in ages, she actually looked happy. Um, I just wonder whether the enormity of, you know, potentially reaching another final is sort of beginning to wear on her shoulders. Everybody's reminding her that she's the highest seed left. She's hmm. doing her best to try and deflect it all. But, um, I mean, she's going to have her hands full with Ostapenko, right? I mean, this is going to be such a fun semi-final. Yeah, they haven't met. And just, just briefly, Ostapenko just did just did such an incredible job to take out Tsibokova, who really played good tennis today. It's hard to notice how good she played because Ostapenko just took it away from her and was just overpowering at times, doing the thing we know she knows how to do. Yeah, I mean, um, Courtney, um, Courtney Nguyen once said that, um, I think she described Ostapenko when we were talking about that crushing loss for Halep uh, in last year's French Open final. Uh, and she said, you know, you've got Halep really holding it together, going, you know, I, I just, it's just not my time. Today was not my day. Um, and trying to hold it together while Ostapenko is like running around catching butterflies somewhere in the background. You know, and and I, I get it. She is, it's almost like whatever's, you know, whatever the hype is, it doesn't affect her. And even though she said today, oh, you know, I had so much pressure. In the run up to... Roland Garros compared to Garbina Muguruza in the run to Roland Garros she was like Meh, I don't care yeah. you know, I mean obviously she did care and she hit it she hit it very well but you know she she did everything that was asked of her all the and she fielded all the questions that came to her with really good grace whereas Muguruza as as it got closer and closer and closer during the clay court season it weighed her down so much um but let's be honest, Ostapenko did lose in the first round of a slam straight after having, you know, you know, in her first her first defence. So, you know, this time she's going to be a little older, a little wiser, but I think she's going to be hitting still so free. Yeah, I mean, look at the reaction to the, the Roland Garros loss, which was a difficult one. She bounced right back. Mm-hmm. I mean, she, 
She was great today. From 5-5, they had a very tight first set. From 5-5, she won the final eight points of, of the opener, and it was jaw-dropping stuff. And then from there, it, it, was a, it was back and forth a few breaks in the second set, so it was still a close match, but she seems to be rising at the, at the right moments. So who's your pick? Oh, that's going to be a really, really good match between Ostapenko and Kerber. They haven't met. It's going to be a, kind of an interesting one to see what, what Kerber can do tactically to kind of fend off Ostapenko because her serve's going to be vulnerable. i l- got to go with Ostapenko. I think she, I think she's going to storm her. I'm, I'm going to... I my, uh, my head says Ostapenko, but my heart says Kerber. Cool. Um, I'm glad we disagree. Yeah. yeah cause vote I'm, for each. Yeah, I, I, you know, but I think this is going to be fun. Oh, yeah. This one's going to be fun. Uh, and then on to the next. Now, uh, Julia Gerges last won around at Wimbledon <laughs> in 2012. Yeah. I mean, just think about that for a minute. From 2012, where she was in the third round, which is the furthest that she'd ever been in Wimbledon, she then went out in the first round every single time. Um, and then she did. She had, I think, she, she had a run to the quarterfinals in Birmingham, uh, and we. That was the. That was when I spoke to her, and you know, we, everybody was like looking at the, looking at the like stats, like what? How is that even possible? But she really has had a breakthrough on grass. Yeah, she. Well, you talked to her in press. You found out a lot about the process she's gone yeah. through over the last years, and. What did she tell you? It was very interesting stuff. Yeah, she she basically said that um, she she brought a new coach on board who told her that you know she's going to have to accept 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 yeah. the grass, uh, and what that means is you know it it is a living surface, it is unpredictable, it is going to throw up weird bounces and and scrapes and slides, and you have to accept that even if you're doing all the right things that you would expect to do on a tennis court. Sometimes it's not going to go your way. And once you accept that, and it's, it's not the first time I've heard this, once you accept that, then you suddenly begin be, understand how to play on grass. Mm. Andrea Pekovic had said much the same thing, although in Andrea Pekovic style, right. it was like, you know, initially playing grass was like being in a very sad French movie where everybody <laughs> died and then you just wanted to go home and sit in the dark and kill yourself, which I thought was a little extreme but then she too learned to accept the grass and i wouldn't say they're best mates but i certainly think that she can find a way around the court um and then of course she's going to play one serena williams yeah but that was was in doubt for quite some time today which is amazing how well camilla georgie was able to play against her if you just look at this score, you say, hmm, what went wrong with Serena? No, it was what went right with Georgie and how well Serena had to play to get that win. She looked great. Don't be fooled by that close scoreline. Serena played well, served well, dropped 14 po- service points in 14 games, and looks like she's ready to ramp it up another notch in the semis. Yeah. Um, you know, I, th- I think as of all of the results that we've seen and all of the press conferences that we've seen where she's been quite coy and like, oh, you know, a little bit Lizicky-esque, like, oh, I'm just happy to make another round. Yeah, sure. This, I think, actually, you know, she was full of emotion when she won this. Um, and I think this one is was her real, oh, my God, this is really going to happen moment. I mean, obviously, every player will, no player will ever say, oh, yeah, I've, I just figured I'd be lucky to make the second week and get a bigger check. They all will tell you that they wanted to be there for as long as possible. They wanted to win the tournament. But I think this is the first time Serena's actually maybe starting to entertain the idea that she could go all the way. 
Yeah, I'm starting to think that maybe she has held back a little bit on the serve and overall, and I think there's a, there's a whole other level that Serena can throw out there in the next two rounds, knowing that she's got two matches left, and then, you know, she goes... She takes as much time off yeah. as she wants after that. It's going to be scary. It's going to be difficult for Gerges. Maybe in the final she'll get tested, but I see her cruising past Gerges. Yeah, I agree. I think I think this is Serena all the way. Um, and I think, well, let me just go back to one of the points that you just made now, that, uh, you know, her serving is improving. Today was the first time that she, since Paris, where she picked up this pectoral muscle injury, mm. it was the first time she served over 120 miles an hour with a serve. Yeah. Uh, and she just, so she's feeling good about that arm. She's letting rip, you know, and she's letting rip at just the right time because she needs to be at her best. What a thing of beauty that service on that surface. Yeah. Yeah, there's nothing about that that isn't isn't great. Mm. So tomorrow we will be discussing in a little bit more depth um, the women's semifinals. Cool. Let's talk tactics. We shall talk tic tacs, um, and we'll touch on what happened uh, the day that Roger went to court number one, um, <laughs> otherwise known as the men's quarterfinals. Uh, so thank you very much for listening to us. Uh, I have been and will continue to be Ros Sato from Brit Watch Sports. I'm Chris Otto from Tennis Now. Goodbye. Bye-bye. <laughs>